All right, we are back. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is writer, producer, director, Rhodes Fire. And we're going to talk about her really creative psychological thriller, which was made out of the deep frustrations the creators were feeling from the pandemic. It's called Farewelling. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Congratulations on your film. I was, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to give anything away, but wow, it was great. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. How, um, go ahead. Were you gonna, I was, it was a labor of love, and it was something that we really felt, uh, my, my co-writer and I really felt like it was something that had to be made coming out of the pandemic. Oh, yeah. So what was the process like for writing this? Were you writing this in the pandemic and then you both collaborated together? How did this come about? Um, I, I've been writing for for almost, gosh, I don't want to date myself, but it's been a long time, Jenny. Okay. <laughs> um, I, when I was at UC Irvine, uh, I carved out my own little uh, minor and studied with David McDonald doing playwriting. I just it, writing for me is such a, a form of catharsis. It's mm-hmm. such a it's it's a form of therapy. So during the pandemic, I began to talk to my dear friend Sarah just about the struggles of being a woman. Mm-hmm. Whereas it felt like a lot was being put on my plate without ever expecting me to act like a lot was on my plate. And Sarah was having kind of this universal, uh, this experience as well. And we felt that it was really universal as we opened it up and talked to other women. women. So we began developing it together. And then I would dive in and send her pages. And she would edit and hack the heck out of them and say, <laughs> yes, that really sounds like that character. Yeah. No, that doesn't sound like that character. This is too much exposition. Um, and I'd always prefaced it with that I wanted to do something that was a little bit untraditional. So I like to call this more of like a psychological thriller or drama rather than just your standard drama. Well, it definitely fit the bill. And and how did you cast? Casting was pretty easy, especially since we were in the middle of a pandemic. When I'd done my first film, at the very, very start of the pandemic, or first, I'd done a short at the very start of the pandemic, and I quickly realized nobody wanted to play. There was this state of fear, Mm -hmm. and a lot of actors had gone on unemployment or taken other opportunities, virtual opportunities, so that they didn't have to physically um, jeopardize their health or, or or be around other people. And so Sarah and I have been, Sarah was an actress for a very, very long time, as was I, had been kind of conceptualizing these characters based on colleagues who we called and said, hey, we're going to do something super out of the box. Okay. We're all going to live together for three weeks. You're going to test and quarantine for two weeks before that you know, are you down to play? Mm -hmm. And I think Kristen Coppin was one of the first who said, heck yeah, um, she had been doing comedy up until this point, and I knew that she was capable of much more. And then Rob Evers, our lead actor, was our was our second phone call, and, um, and he was more than willing. You know, he was dealing with some very extreme, heavy life stuff on the East Coast and said, you know, I think this is exactly what I need. Wow. Um, 
That's great. That was it was truly a gift. It was a really just a gift to know the talent and be able to call them. So you are a UCI grad. I am. I am. I did my undergraduate. My I got my bachelor's of fine art mm-hmm. um, from the Claire Trevor School of Art, and I did that in theater. That's great. But um, while I was there, like I said, I, I really I took a playwriting class. I think it was like a just it was like a short playwriting class like you'd write a scene or something with David McDonald and that's when my heart just like lit on fire and I begged him and then I petitioned and I was um I'd done a lot of the creative classes there as well the creative writing classes Mm -hmm. and I said David please like mentor me as a playwright that's so great (laughs) and there you took off you took off from there uh from there actually um while I was at UC Irvine, I had felt that um, I was going to be a lawyer. I was a paralegal the whole time. I done. I you know I was a single mom during that time. Okay. And I had two toddlers, and I thought I was going to be a paralegal. But since I'd grown up as a child actor, I'd gotten so many um, scholarships and grants, and the ability to go to UCI was much more affordable. I'd grown up in the area, and so I was really familiar with it. And I said, okay, you know what, I'll, I'll study what I love, mm-hmm. but I'll focus on making money. Okay. And the joke is, is that I was working for a very successful Orange County attorney who was married to a federal court judge, and they were wonderful people to learn from. And I came downstairs one day, and I looked her at all my stuff in my arms, and I said, I'm going to go out for a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me, and she said, but you don't smoke. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I don't know how to quit. And uh-huh. I need my kids to know me as a creative. I've got to go chase this, this yes. passion and dream. Sure. I love it. And so that's what I did. I went back to acting. And then it was um, as I was approaching my 30s, I realized that uh, I needed to get behind the film to not only give myself more opportunities, but to give women, I think, the role as an actress that I'd always dreamt about. You know, you want mm-hmm. you want the Meryl Streep roles. You want them to stretch you and let you play every every part of the woman that you can imagine. Yes. And yet at the same time, you get out there and Hollywood says, oh, my gosh, I want to brand you. No, no, no. Right. You're you're going to be the vixen. Yes. And no, no, no. You're going to be the airhead. And I remember set, um, standing on set in full laundry thinking, oh, my gosh, I've got to go write the role. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, I do want to mention that, because I told you this before we got on air, I love the fact that you bring in different generations into this film. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I absolutely not only love and, you know, had I had my druthers and an open casting call, I think this film would have been also more diverse. It was very, very diverse behind the camera. But uh, my father is, is Japanese, German, and um, so I didn't see that on film all the time. And then with regards to age, I think some of um, my best mentors have been people who are 10, 20 years older than me. And I, I, that's, we wanted some, um, <clears throat> we definitely wanted some release. Um, yeah. When the pandemic had started, I went down this rabbit hole of mental health struggles. Um, I empty nested, okay. and then at the same time, I found myself really, really kind of battling with depression again. 
Yeah, to and be I uh, turned on Bewitched. I watched the entire Bewitched <laughs> catalog <laughs> because that's what I watched as a kid. So uh-huh. I was kind of in this comfort zone. Yes. And while watching Be Rich, I thought how wonderful that neighbor was. Oh, yeah, that's right. That every single time, and she would come over and she would know it all. And then um, <clears throat> my father had had a stroke during the pandemic, and I found oh. myself living, keeping uh, both of my parents living with me and being his caretaker. Oh, my gosh. Wow, Rose. And my mother, who'd lived with me, I mean, so many of Judy's lines were just kind of like really easy to write yeah. of this wonderful old woman or older woman yes. who my mom used to be fearless. And then I found her coming in and being like, are there ticks on my body? Do I have ticks? Are there ticks? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, it's good. I, I, I think it's great when you put your life into your work, you, you know, because you want to – I feel like in the writing I've done – and I studied uh, screenwriting at UCI, that I liked putting my moments that I didn't want to forget into my work. Yeah, I am. I've lived, I've been very blessed, very fortunate to live this wild, tumultuous, turbulent life that I don't know if everybody would use those words to (laughs) describe such such a childhood or even an adolescent or adult years, but... Um, I like to infuse, instead of just writing my story, which I don't know if I'm ready to write yet, I like to take components of it because I feel like those are the most relatable things. Sure. You know, to share that I struggled with depression early on in the pandemic. Um, It became a conversation, and when you converse with others and realize you're not alone, that alleviates some of the struggle or it it makes it a little bit lighter because you realize. And I think that we did that in the film very delicately, but I I hope that it resonated where she was trying to do the fitness thing and she's trying to do the meditation thing and she's trying to do the vitamin thing, like everything that everyone tells you to do. Yeah. And then you can't do it. You realize what am I doing? Yeah. It's just, you know, I, I, there have been many, many moments in my life where I just find myself spinning. So how are you? Oh, I write. <laughs> I was going to say, so how are you now? Do you feel like you, you definitely sound like, I think you said this earlier, you went on this journey. And uh, how, how do you feel now? Here it is, 2023. Oh, um, you know, it was, so Milo, the dog in the film, the Great Dane, the month after we were done shooting, had a heart attack and I just felt like kind of like Jenna where stuff just kept getting put on my back yes and so it was really after his death that I was like okay I need a therapist (laughs) I need somebody to just listen to me rant and get it all out because um I wasn't processing as well as I'd like to and you know I think being a woman over 40 um when we have these hormonal releases, we tend to hold on to things that our body does in an automatic response. Mm -hmm. And yet those things, so I'd found myself putting on weight, I'd found myself struggling with sleep again. And it was at that point um, that I said, okay, I, I, I do need a therapist, I do need to talk it out, I need to baby step this. Yeah. Um, And it took it took about a good nine months. 
for me to crawl out of this this hole in this funk and realize that mm-hmm. that's life. Yes. But it's good to peel back the layers, you know. I actually did the same thing. I started seeing a therapist two years ago. I do think it's good to peel back the layers. I also think that it's very hard sometimes when you're in survival mode. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I felt like I was crying all the time. Like, <laughs> I just felt like anyone could talk to me. I'd walk into the grocery store crying. I, I, yeah. There were things that I had to do in life. <laughs> But I couldn't stop the tears. I was perpetually mm. sad. Well, um, what's strange is that you told me you became an empty nester in the pandemic. I thought so many kids were moving back home and yours were leaving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, what was really interesting, my son had got accepted to Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, our daughter had graduated from UCLA and said, you know, hey, I'm going to get my first apartment. I, I think that, you know, this everything's a little overwhelming. I think now is the time. And we were very, very encouraging of that. But we didn't know that our son would walk in and say, hey, I'm actually going to go up to Berkeley even and try to like live and yeah. live the experience, even though school's virtual. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was absolutely heartbreaking. It was the, you know, to yeah. be and then then to be kind of in this world that was so riddled with fear. Yes. And and go, oh, my goodness, are they okay? And my daughter got, she was considered um, a, a necessary, I forget the terminology, but a necessary employee. Mm-hmm. She was in alcohol. So she got COVID three times. <gasps> oh, essential worker, um, right? Yeah, essential worker. Yeah. That's correct. And um, <laughs> alcohol workers were essential, essential <laughs> workers. Um, she got it three times, and oh, each no. time she was just very... You know, it's okay, Mom. It, it feels yeah. like the flu, you okay. know, whereas I had lost two uncles. Um, oh, my dad sorry. was in the hospital with the stroke for the first part for three months. And oh. so it was, I'll tell you, Janine, it, it was a trial for all people, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's anyone that I've ever talked to about the pandemic who didn't also share that they had to go through something Um personal really really hard yeah yeah and then you just feel like it's all stacking on top of you 100 percent. and then we were overstimulated you know we mm-hmm. have this non-stop media onslaught of different things issues politics yeah. science um rioting it and that and Endless. that was what i mean yeah. you know when you asked originally what sarah and i did it was that we wanted to create um I know during a couple of interviews here, I referenced the big chill, mm-hmm. but it was a, it was a discussion point where we had felt like Lawrence Kasdan's movie was such a great time capsule piece oh, definitely. for the eighties. Definitely. You know, you had all these children of the seventies coming out of the Vietnam war and in the eighties kind of trying to put together the pieces of what they had endured during their, their developmental high school and, and early twenties. And I felt like we were all just kind of getting into our groove when the world shut down. And so we wanted to create something and we didn't, I don't know if you caught this, but we never said the word pandemic. We never said the word quarantine. We never said COVID. We didn't refer to the things that we had felt like we were all kind of beaten with (laughs) Sure. during the time. But what we did do is try to capture that emotional 
um, state of mind. You know, I think that Mikey's character, the, the lead male, mm-hmm. is probably the one that I relate to the most. Um, he feels a little deflated. Yeah, yeah. And uh, whereas, you know, Jenna struggles with the voices and the, the uh, searching for an answer. Mm-hmm. Mikey's also searching for an answer, but he's doing it in such a way that, you know, you could just kick him. And oh, yeah. he would say, okay, cool, kick me again. Right. Now, you, these characters were great. The actors were wonderful. Unfortunately, oh, we, d- we do have to wrap up, but where can people find out more about you and the film? We do have the parent company, which is Unpaved Roads, has a website, and we'll keep everything up to date there. But social media is probably the best way to follow us. Okay. We're on um, Unpaved Roads is on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. There's so many now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and we're, we're hoping the best for the film. You know, we'd really like to get it onto a major streaming channel so that we can get more feedback just about how people feel. You know, I, I mm-hmm. think we touched a lot of different topics that were very tender. Oh, yes. And mental health is such an important topic to talk about. We need to just end the stigma and talk about it. And I, I feel like you just did such a great job of capturing different struggles and different people. Thank you. Thank you. And I agree with you. Um, mental health is, it, it's, it's so funny because it's one of those things that you feel like you're so alone, but mm-hmm. it, it, it really is a universal issue. Oh, it sure is. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much for calling in. Could you stand by for a moment and not hang up? I'm just going to wrap up and then... Um, of course. Yeah. Okay. Stand by. Thank you thank so much. You. It was great talking to you. You too. Thank you so much for this opportunity. My pleasure. We've been talking to director, writer, producer, Rhodes Fire, about her incredible uh, film called Farewelling. If you missed any part of this conversation, it will be up on the show blog within an hour after I wrap, and the show blog is getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. 